scab for the bosses don't listen to their lies as poor folks having got a chance lest we organize which side are you on hello which hey y'all what is up on? This is Remarks. Our, our podcast. It's, it's a podcast. <laughs> it's, it, you could say. One might say. <laughs> One might say. Um, this is what I sound like. I'm fine. Um, my voice is slowly returning, but it's just going to be a little sultry, sexy episode this week. I like it. I like the sultry, sexy. <laughs> Thank you. Phoebe does not have COVID. I don't. It's just a cold. It is, yes. And I'm like, I'm like past the point of um transmission really at this point and i got tested and everything we're good people but um yeah but i just sound kind of sexy i if i get any kind of anything at all it's like immediate bronchitis <laughs> and i don't know why but i do that's so weird i feel like i rarely lose my voice when i'm sick yeah like, i don't hey. i get sniffly but i don't like i don't know yeah. I always feel like I get sick too, like right before I play shows, like oh, music shows. Oh, that's the shows. worst. Like it, it always happens too. I'll have like a big show coming up, and then like two days before, I'll be like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> feel like um, shit. I feel like shit. Funny story. So I always like fall asleep with my laptop in my bed because I'll usually be like watching a little show mm-hmm. or like researching something sad. Um, but my laptop was dying last night, so I plugged it in, and then I was watching Bob's Burgers, and I had taken NyQuil, and I fell asleep, and when I woke up, my laptop cord was literally wrapped around my neck, like, trying to choke me out, and I was like, ha, ha, ha. Jesus. It was, like, scary. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I know. I'm like, maybe I should not do that. It's, like, kind of dangerous. Just, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I, that kind of shit does scare me. I, this is not really related, but, I mean, like. I don't have a collar on Moonshine, but I know that, like, oh. they make most cat collars breakaway ones because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of cats will jump and, like, accidentally hang Get themselves. Get caught on shit, yeah. so sad to think about. That is sad. She's eating the rug. <laughs> Girl, what are you doing? She would. Anyway, yeah. Moonshine's cute. She's cute. Yeah, I get that fear, though, like... Yeah, no, scary stuff. You have to have, like, a special collar for Tonks with her, like, very long giraffe neck. <laughs> She does have a giraffe neck. I know her. So cute. I lo- We talked about this last time, but I love Tonks. She's the best. She's really a great dog. She's so amazing. So cute. She was a racing dog. She before, was, yeah. Right? She's a rescued racer. Yeah. That's what Terrible her. industry, by the way. Yeah, fuck, fuck them. Fuck the racing industry for sure. They- anyway, we don't need to get into that this episode, <laughs> but they kill so many fucking dogs each year. It's terrible. Anyway. Anyway. Prisons. Uh... Yeah, this is part two of the prison episode. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty sh- fucked up stuff thus yeah. far. Um, so yeah, let's get back into it. Um, I think we left off in the 1950s was kind of like where I had left off yes. last episode. Yes. Which um, again, 1950s. Pretty uh, pretty much the non-problematic time. Nothing <laughs> bad happened. No. Can't Probably think. the the purest time in our history. Yeah, nothing nothing bad ever happened in the 1950s. That's for Mm-mm. sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so we had kind of left off. I was talking about phrenology and um, eugenics. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and, okay, okay. I'm in. Which a quick review, of course, phrenology being uh, the study of people's skull shapes and how that would 
decide mental ability mm-hmm. and then eugenics being like survival of the fittest like social darwinism yes kind yes, of yes, shit. yes yes um so not wanting disabled people to reproduce which is yep. obviously fucked up yeah um <laughs> strong strongly fucked up but yeah so uh all of this bullshit research led to many prisons keeping records of the of one's like threat level heavy air quotes on that mm-hmm. and obviously phrenology has a you know we could do a whole episode on that because it's just For a sure. super long history of being extremely racist yes um but yeah so as you might imagine this led to some fucked up decisions uh in the night in the 1890s so we're going back a little bit the kansas home for the feeble-minded as it was called began <laughs> mandatory man- mandatory castrations which jesus again, christ you know that's where eugenics leads you to uh-huh. people um for sterilizations oh yeah it's so fucked up and i think we i don't know if we had talked about this in the last episode but like south africa has a huge oh my god yeah history of that and just being i mean obviously they were a fucked up apartheid state mm-hmm. but um indiana became the first state to enact a compulsory compulsory sterilization act for certain individuals which again at the time um i mean it was racist but they like disguised it as like oh it's for the criminals and the feeble-minded and right stuff. But, like, yeah it was obviously got pretty racist yes like all law in america <laughs> yeah like just america in general um and of course this whole time prisoners were still being used for cheap slash free labor by capitalists and the south did eventually adopt that model after the civil war so you know uh we had kind of, I had kind of talked about how, like, leading up to the Civil War, there wasn't too much, uh, there wasn't, like, really penitentiaries or anything in the right. South. Like, it was more just, like, you defend your property with, like, a big shotgun mm-hmm. or whatever. But mm-hmm. eventually they did start doing this after the Civil War because they didn't have actual free labor anymore. So right. they had to do it legally or institutionally. Right. Um... While around the turn of the century, labor movements were pushing for the end of private leasing of prisoners by business owners, state-run prisons, state-run prison farms for labor began to pop up, which were basically the same thing, but instead of, like, having a company being like, hey, I'm going to lease out some of your prisoners to come, like, work for me or whatever, Mm -hmm. they were just like, oh, then we'll just do all of, like, the, like, we'll just make, like, labor farms that the that the state runs instead of like having a private company do it Mm -hmm. which again is the same thing it's just it is yeah (laughs) you just went through like legal channels basically yeah and i mean and that's what's fucked up is like it was all legal exactly yeah is that like you could do that yeah stupid (laughs) um an Oregon judge in the 1960s refused to send escapees from arkansas back to arkansas because of the and this is a quote from that judge institutes of terror horror and despicable evil he compared the the state ran state-run prison farms to the nazi concentration camps like they were really really bad um and again that was in oregon which like oregon isn't necessarily doesn't have a good track record either for for things but yeah it's it's it was wild um arkansas was one of the worst there was um mm. 
There was about one prison guard for every 65 prisoners in 1966. Fuck. So, like, I don't know. Like, obviously, not having a whole lot of guards doesn't seem on the surface like it'd be a terrible thing. But, like, you know, like, prisons, like, fights break out and things totally. happen. And if there's one guard for every 65 prisoners, you're more likely to use, like, violent force yep. to keep people in line yep. and shit. So, yep. like... Lots of fucked up stuff. Um, the state was profiting off of the prison prisoners, but so was the so were like other people in the prison. For instance, the prison physician was making about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year on selling prisoners' blood donations to hospitals. Jeez. And this was at the Arkansas Federal Prison Farm, which I don't know is just so fucked up. Like, like that's like you're literally using people as like a body farm basically i mean yeah. it's it's similar like in slavery times when they were doing um like gynecological experiments and shit on mm-hmm. enslaved people yeah because they were just like we got all these people nobody gives that a we fuck. don't care like, about yeah. yeah so we can just do whatever we want to them Ugh, yeah i mean even and then even then it's like kind of like nazi germany totally which yeah lots of fucked up i mean we the stories of all the like human experiments yeah. and stuff especially on like twins like they had a they did big yeah hard on for twins but yeah it's fucking awful um arkansas was the only state at the time that could still whip prisoners which i thought was Jesus. an interesting note like yeah i don't know i guess and again this is moving into like the 1960s so it's like i don't know i feel like whipping people in night in the 1960s was pretty like barbaric still yeah for it being only like 60 years ago now exactly (laughs) i don't know kind of wild an investigation was started in 1966 and found in these prison farms there were uh in this i should give a preface this is gonna get a little graphic Uh, oh yeah this episode all together is gonna be yeah because this is going into kind of like some of the punishments and things Mm -hmm. that are happening so Trigger warning, going to be some body horror type thing, so Mm -hmm. skip ahead if you don't want to hear it. Uh, But yeah, so in these prison farms, there were reports of wire cutters being used on prisoners' genitals. Oh, fuck. uh, Stabbings, um, obviously. Nutcrackers to break the knuckles of people. Trampling inmates with horses. Oh, my God. And um, just to add a little bit of like salt to the wound i guess they would charge inmates for hospital time after beating them and like when they would get injured for with these kind of things which again is so (laughs) fucked up oh my god i'm like i'm genuinely speechless but honestly i could also see like that happening nowadays too of course i'm sure i i actually would be curious to know that because i'm gonna get a little bit into um uh like prison um hospital facilities as well yeah yeah, because I mean, obviously, I, I'm would imagine prison prison hospital facilities aren't. They're bad. Yeah, <laughs> they're real bad. Up to they code, are. as as one would say. But <laughs> yeah, so it's like, and I don't even necessarily know. It didn't expand on like how it would happen, but I can only imagine that like 
if you had like a labor camp and you were paying the prisoners like a tiny sum of money, like commissary you know, kind of, you would just like take that from them and do free labor for their hospital right. visit or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which again, so fucked up. Or just make them labor overtime or you know whatever, or take every cent that they would have made from like that laboring, you know, whether it goes to commissary yeah. or whatever it was back then, and then it's like you don't get to pay for anything extra, like you get nothing. Mm-hmm you know menstrual pads or yeah no any any of the shit that you would get out of commissary yeah or or i can even imagine like maybe extra like jobs for them to do or something i don't Mm -hmm. know it didn't expand on it but again just very like salt in the wound yeah that's so fucked up like that's like a level of like i mean that's it's evil it's yeah the whole thing it's evil but that's just like that's like you are a, a sick fucking individual Good old Arkansas. Good place. Never, <laughs> never been. I but, have been a couple um, of times. Yeah, yeah, you have a friend that lives there. I do. There. Shout out to my friends in Arkansas. My friends in Arkansas are amazing people. Which, all that being said, like, you know, these, like, rural and, like, southern places, the governments of these places tend to be very terrible, which is extremely unfortunate for the people living there. Like... Yeah, oh, absolutely. No shade to the place in general. Shade to the people that are in charge of these places because yeah. it's horrible. Oh, for sure. And it's just, it's frustrating because I just feel like the South, too, just has, like, that weird reputation of, mm-hmm. like, I don't even know exactly what it is, like, the, um, like, obviously, racism and slavery, of course, mm-hmm. but, like, uh, just being really brutal about things, too, like, yeah, I don't know, and, like, the Bible Belt and, like, the manly like yeah like the toxic masculinity kind of thing i feel like it all just kind of like stems from the south there totally well it's like a conservative culture that like has been very held on to oh yeah very like resistant to change totally just things like that Mm -hmm. i don't know um the chairman of the prison committee in the state when asked about the allegations uh had these choice words to say arkansas has the best the best prison system in the united states and again after being asked about like hey what about uh the stabbings and the (laughs) people being trampled over by horses jesus christ um federal courts actually had to intervene for reforms to begin to take place and i believe that happened towards the end of the 1960s into the 1970s wow so like i just (laughs) i just think it's not, it's not funny, but it's just like, they're like, hey, what about all this fucked up stuff that's happening there? And he's just like, nope. Best. <laughs> it's, it's the best. It's the best. No problems. Sounds like... <laughs> no notes, honestly. No notes. Sounds like Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Like, it's the uh, best. That's it. It's yeah. the best. It's the best. <laughs> what about all this, uh, all these illegal crimes the you've been doing? <laughs> like, the best. Nope. No crimes. <laughs> the best illegal crimes. The best <laughs> tor- human torture. Gotta love, I mean... I mean, if uh, if you're gonna torture some humans, Arkansas, they were the best at it. I'm yeah. I mean yeah. I guess in the prison system, I can't say it overall. True. But, True. Um, the civil rights era saw some attempts at reforming, and there was a or and there was a landmark case in the early 1960s, which was Cooper versus Pate which was when the Supreme Court gave an inmate the right to sue in federal court, which uh, Mm. was a big breakthrough. Yeah. Um, They could sue in federal court to address their grievances under the Civil Rights Act of 1871. Um, So obviously, you know, I... 
up to this point and at this point of course and even really today as well like mm-hmm. the general public didn't really see prisoners as like having rights yeah you know like they were like oh you forfeited your rights exactly you i hear that all the time the thing. yeah which is again fucked up um because they are still human, human beings, beings. <laughs> um but yeah so like if you didn't like something that was happening in the prison people were just like well fuck you you don't have a say and uh this case was a big one because it was like they were like oh yeah you do get to like yeah press charges if something bad happens that's a big deal this case in particular, it was an inmate that at the Illinois prison um, was, sorry, I can't read my uh, <laughs> my handwriting. It's dark. Uh, was actually barred from seeing his minister because he was a black Muslim man. Oh, my God. And there was a unanimous vote that he was protected under the Civil Rights Act for that. So yeah. that's cool that Congress was like, Oh, yeah, that's kind of fucked up because it literally states that everybody should have freedom of religion. And if we're going to have, like, Christian preachers in prisons, we yeah. need to, like, let people see Muslim preachers. You Thanks know, or, for the bare minimum, Congress. Or Muslim ministers. I don't exactly know what the term is for a Muslim religious leader. I but, can't say I'm sure either. Yeah. Um, I will find out. In uh, the 1970s, saw the prison population grow as more pressure from both parties was put to be uh, tough on crime. Mm-hmm. Nixon began his campaign on the with the war on drugs. Good which, old Nixon. Good old, good old fucking Nixon. <laughs> God, I hate. Goddamn guy. Did you know, this is a little bit of a tangent. I love it. Um, what's his name? Fucking Roger Stone. Like that. Is that his? Yeah, Roger Stone. He's like the... The lobbyist guy who, like, yeah. fucks over tons of countries. Okay, like, he's yes. a piece of shit. He's, and Donald Trump pardoned him, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, mm. But, mm. yeah, he's a big piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> has a full back, like, a full back tattoo of Richard Nixon, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Honestly, I'm pretty positive. No. I kind of want to look it up to double check. I'm pretty sure... Jesus I'm pretty Christ. sure it's his entire back. But I know he has a, a Richard Nixon tattoo. <laughs> I just, like... Uh, I mean, I know that you can just, like, be evil and, like, agree with things that, like, Richard Nixon did, but, like, the level of, like, commitment. Like, I'm not going to get a fucking Karl Marx back tattoo, you know? Like, I love the guy or whatever, but, like. So I do have to retract. It's not a full back tattoo, but it's on his back. (laughs) Um, Here's a a quick pic. I mean, no, that's, like, it's not small. I mean, it's pretty, it's. That's, like, it's there. It's there. That's, like. You can tell what it is. <laughs> it's just his fucking It's a straight head up, por- yeah, it's just a portrait and not even like a, not a neck, not like a bust type area. It's like just Richard Nixon's like floating egghead <laughs> on this guy's so fucking back, on Roger Stone's back. God, it's so bad. I hate it. <laughs> good Lord. That's like, that's like uh, almost as good as Ben Affleck's. I was tattoo. just going to talk about Ben Affleck's tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's what, like, I feel like we've talked about this before, but the the point in your life where you're like, I'm going to get a full back tattoo of a phoenix, like, that's a commitment. Like, you have to go all in on that. It's a commitment. And sure. I, honestly, it's like, I'm, I'm impressed, you know? Yeah, like, I respect the decision. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, you are like, 
this is what I wanted. <laughs> this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, this is the person I want to be. Like, you're set, it's set in stone at that point. I am the Phoenix back tattoo guy. <laughs> I am the Richard Nixon back tattoo guy. I am the guy. Richard Nixon back tattoo guy, yeah. Fuck. Oof. Um, <laughs> back on track here. Anyway. I guess back on track, we should probably take a, uh, a dizzle... Grizzlies? Grizzlies. All right. Add yeah, break we, to the layman. <laughs> In layman's turn. Yeah, we've been at it for a minute. Okay, yeah, products, products and services. Products. Yay. We back. We're here. Um, talking about prisons, talking about... <laughs> Uh, Richard Nixon back tattoos. <laughs> um, Talking about people. If we ever break, uh, I don't know. That's a good goal. Um, if we ever break, let's say like 10K listeners. 10K listeners, uh, I'll get a Richard Nixon tattoo on my butt. Yes. On face. <laughs> yes. Like, like 10K listeners. Uh, I, it's weird because you can't really see like the subscribers through anchor oh yeah but uh, can we see on spotify maybe i don't know i'll have to look into it more yeah. but anyway yeah so listen to the podcast i'll get a richard nixon head tattooed on my fuck bed. yes <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so war on drugs famously uh war that you can't really fight because drugs <laughs> yep. are not an actual autonomous being right um, yeah Possibly up there with the dumbest wars that have ever been waged. For, oh, yes. It's like, like in the top five. I would even say under... I would say that the war on drugs is like right under the like Australian war against the emus that they like <laughs> lost. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm, pretty sure Aus- like, I'm pretty sure Australia had... Uh, yeah, there's the like war of the emus where they were like trying to... There's, like, so many emus, they, like, got into, like, a conflict with them. Look it up. It's a real thing. It's... I need to know this for my um, fake Australian persona. Yeah, yeah, the emu war. The em- you know. Kalari. The emu war. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so, yeah, all of these, uh, of course, were thinly veiled racial rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the war on drugs, obviously, we know, was highly targeted at uh, people of color. And uh, the CIA allegedly, for legal purposes, uh-huh. planted crack cocaine in uh, black, black neighborhoods. Yep. Yeah. Um, that sowed the seeds for a little-known guy named Ronald Reagan, <laughs> um, our poor friend of God, our boy. Uh, when Reagan took office, the prison population was at about 329,000. When he left office eight years later, the population had... Nearly doubled to 627,000. Jesus. Um, of course, the increase affected communities of color the hardest. Mm-hmm. And uh, all that legislation was fucked up. And again, it's just this whole like strong man, like we're tough on crime. We're not exactly. going to like, you know. And again, it's just that like prevailing attitude of like, you're in, pri- like, you're in prison because it's your fault and especially on yep. like drug charges because n- nobody like viewed d- drug addiction as like a disease exactly. or some things that needed like rehabilitation it was like you just need to sit in a cell for a few years and then or the rest You're of your life <laughs> yeah. yeah um on the state level we have seen incarceration almost quadruple 
1978, there were about 182 people in prison for every 100,000 100, re- residents in Texas. By 2003, that was 710 per 100,000. Um, so, I mean, that's... In that time span, that was like 20... A little bit over 20 years, 25 years. And mm-hmm. it's like 182 to 710 per 1,000 residents. Which is, again, fucking unhinged. Seriously, the whole... Like, I just feel like if you're seeing this much crime, like, at what point do you think, like, oh, maybe uh, what we're doing isn't working? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, if the if the number of incarcerations is trending upwards, that means your prison system doesn't work <laughs> because there's it's not doing anything to rehabilitate people that are, like, quote-unquote, committing crime to make them not commit crimes anymore and it's not doing anything to persuade people you know yeah no and it's it's uh like i i i feel like your prison population trending upwards is literal it's like factual (laughs) evidential proof that your fucking prison system doesn't work yeah well it's like i think we've talked about this before but it's like any prison system that has a life sentence or a death penalty yep. has literally failed as a yes. rehabilitation system. Yes. That's proof that this does not work. <laughs> it's just proof that, like, it's not about rehabilitating citizens. Yes. Like, it's yes. just fucking stupid. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, <laughs> that basically leads us to today. Um, and if I had to give my expert synopsis, uh, I would say that the prison system be- began corrupt due to the poor planning by the nation's founders. Mm-hmm. And kind of them just, like, not thinking... Because, again, like, our nation was founded for people to be like, fuck Britain or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. fuck taxes. Mm -hmm. So I feel like none of them really thought about, like, what they would do when they had to actually, like, stop crime, you know? Yeah. So, like, they they had poor planning on the nation's founders, and instead of having a coordinated plan on tackling crime, the government has purely responded to the issues that arise and very rarely do they ever like proactively try to prevent crime yep which we'll probably get into more of what phoebe's talking about about how it's and what we talked about last week how it's like it's a profit motive industry you know um because of the reactive attitude we have seen injustices towards the poor and primarily people of color throughout the years Mm -hmm. we live in a system of punishment rather than rehabilitation um on more of a personal level, like, ideally, I don't believe in pri- that prisons should exist at all mm-hmm. uh, and that communities should find uh, just ways to re- rehabilitate its members. Mm-hmm. And a large factor of crime is poverty, mm-hmm. which is the root cause of what uh, needs to be addressed in most of the crimes. You know, I feel like if you look at, like, the increase in incarceration, you'll probably see an equal increase in wage and wealth yep. inequality. Yep, yep. Um with all that being said, in our current system, I w- like in a more realistic sense, I'd like to see more reforms uh, to lower sentences, abolish the death penalty, and mm-hmm. f- use more uh, funds, whether that's like tax dollar funds or money that you know is made off of the prison system, to fund rehabilitation programming. And because of the corrupt nature of the state government of the state governments, I think this would have to be a uh, instituted on a federal lever- level level. Mm-hmm. 
but then you also deal with the corrupt nature of the federal government. True. So yeah. It's difficult because, you know, like, like we were talking about, like in Arkansas, it's one of the worst prisons around and it's, mm-hmm. was on a state level. Like there wasn't that much federal regulation and it's just because everybody there was fucking racist. So it's like mm-hmm. hard to be like, yeah, we should let the states do it. Right. But I feel like if the federal government just had more, like, enforced regulating it more, that would be yeah. a big thing. But well, I really... Sorry. No, that's okay. I, I've kind of interrupted you. I was just going to say, it's like, I think that it's it's the same thing that we always talk about, where it's like, if we want to see actual real change enacted, we're never going to see that happen through the channels that exist, because they exist the way they do for, like, a reason. Mm-hmm. Um However, like, I, I think that if we are able to rally enough, we can enact, like, some um, reform changes, at least, which, like you said, it would have to be federally, because then it's, like, an obligation on, on everyone, and it's not yeah. each state being like, well, we still want to legally abuse people. Yeah, I think at least moving it to that to, like, begin yeah. with so the reforms can start. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of it is, uh, like we were saying, is reforming how people view yes. the prison population and prisoners, you know? like 100%. It's a tricky subject because there are there's a lot of pain and hurt that is around right. that kind of stuff, but especially for nonviolent drug sentences and... Um, yeah. You know, I feel like that's a great place to start. Like we had talked about two weeks ago with Riley. Yep. Like getting people out of prison for life for marijuana charges yeah. when it's literally legal in multiple <laughs> states, you know. Ugh. But yeah, that's uh, that's the, the brief history of prisons. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't go too in-depth here because yes. we're on a time constraint. But Truth. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. So it's amazing. Throwing it over to Phoebe. Okay. Ball is in your court. Um, I'm I'm dribbling. I'm <laughs> throwing a three pointer. I don't know anything about sports, you guys. Home run. Um, yeah, I hit a home run in basketball. <laughs> so I'm gonna talk a little bit about like what actually goes down inside of private prisons, um, and a little bit about state prisons as well, and a lot about um uh solitary confinement so definite content warning for violence self-harm suicide and rape i'm sorry in advance it's rough but you know um like taylor was saying i mean we need to not only shift our perspective about the people that are in prisons to like having compassion for them but also you have to have an awareness of how bad it is in there and like nobody deserves this level of of harm, you know, regardless. So, um, so the conditions in t- inside of private prisons are notoriously terrible. There's abuse of guards, suicides, overuse of isolation, the list of atrocities goes on. And like we've been saying, I mean, you might be asking yourself, like, why should I care how prisoners treated? Didn't they do something to deserve that? Well, you know, as I've established, a lot of people in private prisons and just in, in all prisons have been poached by the justice system. You know, these are usually people from underfunded communities where crime rates are higher due to, like, a higher police crime, police presence, um, crimes of necessity, and most typically profiling. And not to mention that people surviving in prisons are people. Actual human beings. Yeah. 
like I said, I mean, even people who've committed violent crimes don't deserve the treatment that they receive in U.S. prisons. It's torture. It's genuine torture. Um, you know, if prisons were truly for rehabilitation, there would be a focus on education, compassion and de-escalation training, there would be sensitivity training, and most importantly, working with those who've been incarcerated on how to reintegrate back into society, rather than the major focus being on punishment. Um, and one of the most notable private prisons um, for violence and unsuitable conditions is East Mississippi, who's owned by Management and Training Corporation. The state of Mississippi required private prisons to operate at a budget 10% lower than state facilities. And so with the budget for state facilities are already being much lower than other states, um, this leaves an extremely scant budget for private prisons like East Mississippi. The consequences, (laughs) it's fucked. (laughs) And that's a requirement that the private prisons have to run at a 10% lower budget. Was that to like support you people sending their prisoners to federal prisons? I I guess. I mean, to state prisons. Right. Yes, I guess. But but it's like that didn't do anything about that. You know, exactly. Yeah, I don't I I don't know. Um, The consequences of this low budget. is you know education programs being cut low quality food and underpaid staff who are not going to be motivated to intervene with violence among inmates and are much more likely to leave inmates in isolation the guards at east mississippi only complete three weeks of training before taking a position um which i had kind of mentioned last week which that is just slightly less time than your (laughs) average police officer yeah so good Good. all good good um you know and in three weeks there's no way that you're well versed in de-escalation there's no way you're prepared for the situations that are going to arise in a prison um you know uh in in a prison and surely you're not trained enough to handle the complex emotions and the intricate stories of those that are in the prison um you know three weeks is not enough time at all to become someone who owns and lords over every part of someone's daily life especially someone who is surviving through all of the things that you have to survive through while in the prison system. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's weird. It's like this, because I don't know, it's like this weird, like, hierarchy that, like, happens with, like, the guards and the prisoners, and it it just always is, like, fucking awful. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's so bad. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, East Mississippi is extremely understaffed on top of being underpaid. And so when violence does break out, there's so few guards to intervene that the inmates were made to carry around their own weapons for protection. You know, and this is kind of like you had mentioned, Taylor, about in um, Arkansas, where Mm -hmm. it's like the the number of inmates highly outweighs the number of guards. And so it's just like when violence does happen, much more inmates are likely to be harmed as well as, like, the guards are going to either choose to not intervene or use much more excessive violent force. Yeah. So these prisoners started carrying around their own weapons to protect themselves. Um, and with several rival gangs being housed at East Mississippi, the violence was basically inevitable. And once one gang acted out, the afflicted gang would have to retaliate, and then this chain of violence is never broken by the staff, who can't mm-hmm. be arsed to step in. Um, and mm-hmm. East probably doesn't have the resources to step in no exactly exactly like what they have is like tasers guns 
you know, whatever. And then there's like two dudes in the cafeteria where there's like however many prisoners. Yeah, hundreds probably. Yes. And they don't have, they obviously they had three fucking weeks of training. Yeah. Like, how are you supposed to stop a fight, especially against rival gangs? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Like you, there's no way you've been trained to intervene again, especially when it comes to the gang thing, because that's such a personal thing. And it's such like Mm -hmm. a, a heavy, intense thing that needs so much more like discussion and training in three fucking weeks. And I can imagine that the pay for the prison guards. Oh, it's shit. Yeah. is probably awful. Mm -hmm. So it's like that open, that open opens up a whole other like area of like, like prison bribery and like yep. favoritism and yep. uh, also guards just not giving that big of a fuck because they don't get paid enough to mm-hmm. give that big of a fuck and it's like exactly well because it's like if you are having to intervene in a violent fight where the the number of people having the violent fight heavily outweighs you and you're like I'm getting paid you know eight ten bucks an hour to be here. Yeah. I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. Like, and all the prisoners have weapons. Like, yeah, and they and all have fucking like, weapons. Well. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you're not getting paid enough to get fucking stabbed on the job. It's true. Which is, I mean, that's bad. Like, and it's, yeah, if, and you're, it's, if uh, you're working in, I mean, it's it's just, it's a vicious cycle. Like, if you are working in, a, in the prison, you should be equipped not only with, um, like, the, the, the armor, basically, but also, like, the, the means and the resources and the mental health um, education in order to intervene when people do have weapons. Because mm-hmm. you are in a situation where people are, um, you know, they're, they're in a situation that they've never experienced before in their lives. And putting in, they've been put in situations where in which they're having to fight for their lives. Like, you should be fucking equipped to deal with that. Yeah, we know yes. now... Sorry, and I'm tangenting, but it's, it's okay. like, we know now we've been doing this long enough. This is a pattern. Mm-hmm. You obviously know that this is something that continually happens. So why the fuck, you know, if we're not going to fucking abolish prisons, whatever. But, like, why the fuck is the training not been um, updated and escalated to learn how to deal with these situations if it repeatedly, repeatedly happens? Yeah. Well, and it's like, I just, because, again, like, as you were saying, like, the prisoners feel like they have to carry weapons because... Yes. The guards won't intervene, and again, it, yeah, it's just this vicious cycle mm-hmm. of, like, nobody's doing anything, so the prisoners get more violent because right. they have to protect themselves, right. and then nobody's doing anything. There's also no fucking mental health train. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, training for the guards or focus on mental health. Yes. Or any kind of rehabilitation for the prisoners, so it's right. like, yeah, they're going to still be violent because they're not getting any help. Like Exactly. It's just stupid. I know. The whole thing, it's like, it's just... It's so contradictory and just, it's, it's, it's the worst. So in East Mississippi, they're not just low on guards, but they're low on hospital staff as well. So this is where I'm getting into a little bit of like the hospital situation. Um, With many injuries occurring rather, uh, you know, rather through violence or through self-harm, the doctors at East Mississippi, especially, but in, in any prison are over flooded with too many patients and they're unable to care for everyone. You know, inmates at East Mississippi with mental health concerns suffer greatly. Inmates at East Mississippi have completed suicide, they've self-harmed, and in some cases they violently lash out due to mental health disorders that are causing them to be confused and very upset. Um, I am about to get a little bit into the solitary confinement thing, but should we take a little ad break? Yeah, little break skis. Little break skis. Okay. 
perfect. Yeah. Breathe a little bit. Yeah. Because it's about to get um, intense. Yeah. And it's just kind of a heavy set of episodes. It, is. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. Go outside. Get some <laughs> sunshine. Yes. If it's sunny where you're at. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Yes. Okay. We're back. We're back. Um things are things are good. <laughs> per use. <laughs> per use. As um, it is in a capitalist society. But yeah. As you were saying, Phoebe. So yeah, I'm gonna get a little bit into um some shit about solitary confinement here, which I'll probably yell a little bit. Um <laughs> And, you know, uh, as per I said for, like, this entire episode, but we're definitely going to get into some self-harm, some suicide, some rape stuff. So, again, I'm sorry. But as I was just talking about to Taylor over a break, like, it's really, really important to talk about this stuff and to name, you know, to name the atrocities, to go into detail about how bad it is because mm-hmm. it it opens people's eyes and it reminds you the level of, of, like, what we're dealing with here, you know? And it's bad. So, um, I, I caught this documentary, like, years ago, probably, like, three years ago. I cannot remember what it's called. I couldn't find the exact documentary, but, um, I watched this documentary a couple years ago about life within a prison, and I was just fucking horrified watching this. It was following the lives of, like, three or four men in solitary confinement, and um, just how horrible it is. And this guy who was living in solitary confinement, I mean, constantly, every shot of him was just him, like, begging to be let out. He would continuously, purposefully flood his toilet in order to convince the guards to temporarily release him from society, or from solitary, sorry. Mm-hmm. So he would just, like, shove a bunch of shit in his toilet, flush it a million times so that it would overflow. And there would be, like, you know, water all over the bottom of his cell, so they'd have to let him out to clean it. Um, fix the toilet, all of that shit, so he could just have, like, a moment out of this cage that he's being kept in. Um, An even more horrifying method that this same guy would use was that he would cut his own wrists open, and then he would have to smear the blood on this small window that was on his cell door so that the guards could be alerted to the fact that he had an injury. Because in these solitary confinement cells... It's literally, they have one very, very slim window that shows, like, the outside world, and then one very, very slim window that's on their door that the guards can look into. And so if anything's really going down inside of the cell, in order for the guards to actually see what's going on, they have to go up to the cell, look into this very slim, thin window, and check that the inmate's doing okay. And a lot of times they miss a shit ton of stuff, um, and so, you know, these, these inmates will smear a lot of stuff food feces you know whatever mm-hmm. onto these windows so that the guards can be aware that there's something going on with this person so he would he would put his blood on the window um and then this self-harm earned him like a short stay in the prison hospital and he would get to have a little bit of human connection um it's i mean i that's absolutely awful. i have no like words yeah, yeah. for that like it, it that hurts me Ugh, it's like, how do you not think that that's, like, cruel and unusual yes. punishment? Like that's, Exactly. How do you uh, not see that? And, like, ugh. And, like, I know 
solitary confinement has been around for a while Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So it's like, we know more about like human psychology now and how like solitary confinement will literally fuck you up. Like so bad. It does. And it's like, I just feel like, why haven't we fixed this? Mm -hmm. Because this is a problem Mm -hmm. and this is cruel and unusual and it damages people immensely. Like, yes. Which I'm just going to go off a little bit before I get into my next thing. But if your solution to solving, you know, for lack of a better word, crime or say an inmate who's maybe been repeatedly violent, your solution to that is locking a person in a cage with a tiny window where they spend, they literally spend 23 hours a day in a room by themselves where in order to leave this room at all, they have to go on hunger strikes, flood a toilet, or cut their wrists open and smear their blood on the walls so that you will fucking pay any modicum of attention to them so they can receive human connection. Um, You know, where these people, the only way that they have of communicating each other with each other, rather than the, I believe it's like a once a week, they get, get to do this job where they're like wrapping silverware and napkins, that's the only time they get to interact with the other prisoners who are in solitary confinement. That's the only time they get to interact mm-hmm. face to face with those people. And you have to hope that every other inmate who's you know, uh, working that day is in a good enough mood to have a nice conversation with you so you can go mm-hmm. back to yourself feeling nice for one second. You know, um, like that's your solution to this. Where this is, like Taylor said, this is psychological torture. There's no, you cannot fucking argue that this is not psychological torture. You are confining people by themselves in a room alone with little to no entertainment, no contact with the outside world. Like maybe they get a book, maybe they get a TV, rarely do they get letters. You know, oftentimes their food is extremely scant. Like, that is fucking psychological torture. And if you are okay with that, there's something so wrong in your mind. You are a fucking sick human being. Yeah. No, I feel you. It's fucking awful. and, And like you said, Taylor, I mean, the fact that this fucking thing has been around since you know penitentiaries basically have existed and we're still at the point where we're still doing this and seeing the level at which people are psychologically damaged from this and it's a proven fucking fact there's fucking statistics as well as stories of genuine horror why are we still why is this still okay why are we still allowing this shit to happen it is so wrong and so evil on so many levels it's disgusting Ow, I just hit my funny bone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry, you guys. It's just, this shit, like, ugh. And I'll tell you a documentary to watch at the end. But anyway. It's gross. and It's disgusting. I don't you. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So sorry more about solitary confinement. So another, uh, in this documentary I watched a couple years ago, another one of the inmates who was in solitary, he really was wanting to earn his GED in order to have better opportunities when he was released. Again, this was this man's main focus. Mm-hmm. Still, while he was in solitary, he wanted to, that was all he wanted to do was earn his GED so that when he did get out of prison, he could have a couple better opportunities. Continually, he was not provided with the materials to work on this and was not released from solitary. Um, you know, they, they 
time after time kept ignoring him. He was putting notes up on his window saying, all I want is fucking like packets to work on my GED. Like, please. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, because they kept ignoring his, his, um, his asks for, for things to get his GED, he started a hunger strike in an attempt to get his needs met. And like I was saying, in order to make the guards aware of this hunger strike, he would write notes, he would tape them to the window, and he would smash his food against the window, you know, whatever. Um, and he, he ended up going to the hospital, as well as the other guy who was self-harming mm-hmm. went to the hospital. I mean, they, these people in solitary continually are going to the hospital. Um, I, so I could never find what that documentary was. I think it was maybe on the History Channel or something, regardless. But in my search for that documentary, I found another one on YouTube. Um, it's a prison documentary from 2019 and what it was called on YouTube, the little title is prison documentary, 2019 life in super maximum security prison, uh, parentheses, lockdown and solitary confinement in this documentary. Um, they, they were interviewing the prison guards as well as the people inside of solitary confinement. Mm. And this is just, again, where I have to say that if you are a person who's okay with this at all, or a person who's protecting the system at all, which means prison guards and police officers who use these arrests to create these inmates. Um, so they were interviewing these guards, and um, these this guard was talking about his first... I, I think it was either his first day on the job or his first day in like the solitary confinement sector of the prison. A man in solitary confinement chewed a hole into his own arm. He ch- was chewing on his own arm and took out a chunk of his arm, bleeding fucking everywhere. And as this guard is telling this story, he laughed. Oh he God. he laughed. Both of the guards were laughing while they were telling this story. Like, and it's, it's like, like I, a I, wacky Tuesday thing. Yes. Like, He's like, it was a pretty crazy first day on the job, I guess. Ugh. And it's like, I understand people's reactions to things are weird because obviously that's not your average person is going to see that go down but how the fuck is that your your reaction is laughing and he was like serious in his laughter like he didn't he wasn't like i'm sorry i'm laughing it just was so crazy he was like oh this guy bit a trunk out of his own arm you are psychologically torturing that man oh anyway okay you gotta like calm down it's just so i get it's so it makes me so angry and so anyway, I what's so upsetting going back to that guy with the GED is mm-hmm. it's like literally like don't you want people in prisons to like be rehabilitated yes. and yes. like make a better life for themselves? Like, like why are you denying this man the very thing that you should be fucking encouraging? Yeah. Like you should be encouraging people that are in prison to to get their fucking GED, you know, to study something, to learn something mm-hmm. so that they can be in 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 these people's minds of people who believe in incarceration, you know, a valuable member of society or what have you. Like that is what you should be wanting and focusing on. Yeah. Why are you fucking denying this guy the right to get his fucking GED? It just doesn't make any sense. Ooh. And also, if you're having all of these solitary confinement people go to the hospital all the time, repeatedly. Maybe it's not good maybe you're <laughs> damaging them yes immensely yes like, like maybe Christ. there's something seriously fucking wrong with this i don't know like and i can only imagine that like the the like upkeep of like paying you know the hospital yes. um i don't really want to say it's hospital bills but like the uh the costs of sending them to the hospital right. would be like 
kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why are, do you keep doing this? This is literally just torture that's costing you money yeah. for what? Some kind of like sick uh, feeling that you're like punishing them fully. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And again, like people who are okay with this are just evil. Like you're just an evil, evil. fucking ghoul. Like, you're e- <laughs> and fuck yourself. Like. Seriously. No, genuinely. Like you, 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 there's something deeply deeply fucking wrong with you yeah i don't even care if you're what if you're listening to this podcast and you think solitary confinement is tight fuck stop you. listening to this podcast fuck you i don't want you to listen to this yeah Ooh, <laughs> yeah we're fucking mm. I, I knew we were gonna get heated yep no i knew fuck. i would too which i mean and uh, i know we're like tangenting a lot and i do have a lot more to say but like which which not to compare the lives of any incarcerated person to a life of somebody who's not incarcerated those two things are extremely different however i think a lot of us can relate to in on a tiniest crumb to what confinement feels like you know last year those of you that actually gave a shit yeah sorry whoops i'm really pissed (laughs) off this episode um you know those of us that did participate in the quarantine part and did that while still getting to go outside and run around and watch our netflix and also go to our jobs and you know live a live a uh, marginally free life that fucking sucked so much goddamn ass oh my god quarantine was i genuinely i'm psychologically not okay after quarantine like i'm not i'm still not you know and that was a not even a fraction of what solitary mm-hmm. confinement is like at all that sucked so much goddamn ass you know w- regardless of like extenuating circumstances i think we can all agree that time was extremely difficult um and so just like i don't know think about that and think about what these people in solitary confinement are going through take quarantine and then like amplify it by yeah. like 30 million times Good trillion yeah zillion. anyway okay 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 getting back on track so more on east mississippi so the warden of east mississippi mr shaw he has received incentives for staying under budget in 2018, when four inmates died under strange circumstances and a fire damaged the facility, no repercussions were made against Mr. Shaw. Um, he also admitted that he was unaware that inmates had been hospitalized from beatings. And when Mr. Shaw was confronted about the makeshift weapons that prisoners had made in order to protect themselves, remember I was talking about that earlier, he said, quote, inmates have weapons. It's a fact of life. No. Another choice quote from prison yeah. uh, commissioners there. Um, <laughs> so it kind of sounds like this guy has never actually been to the prison that he's in charge of. Yeah, which <laughs> like, I actually... He's like, oh, yeah, that fucking place? Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, East Mississippi. What? Oh, oh. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 the prison I own. Um, and a quote from the New York Times, it says, quote, Mr. Shot... My voice... Quote, Mr. Shaw had previously been warden at an Arizona prison operated and managed, operated by management and training where there was a riot in 2015. A scathing state report determined that the riot was sparked by management and trainings, quote, unquote, culture of disorganization, disengagement and disregard of, quote, unquote, policies and fundamental inmate management and security principles. So... Yeah. Yeah, they kind of just don't give a fuck. (laughs) No, they don't. And it's like because of the level of disregard that you have for the care for these fucking human beings that you're literally in charge of, 
yeah, a riot fucking broke out because people are tired of being treated like shit. Anyway, so um, kind of in the vein that you were saying where, you know, it's like, it sounds like that dude's never been there. Well, the chief medical officer, Gloria Perry, who took her position in 2008, said that she had never been to East Mississippi. And this was from an article written in 2018. But she does... (laughs) She's so she the just chief... works at the medical facility, but she's never been to the actual prison? Is she's the it? chief medical officer. Well, the, the medical facilities are, the, are on the prison side. Oh. Mm. So, they, like, what? <laughs> when, they, when they take people, like, they will take people to the hospital. That's for, like, for, like, severe, severe stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have, like, a facility there. Yeah, she's, so she's the chief medical officer. Never been there what, you in just 10 years. Zoom all the patients? <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong? Huh? (laughs) Which it's like, I don't think she's actually like seeing patients, but you should probably go and check and make sure that like your facilities are doing what they're supposed to do and operating correctly. You should probably know what's happening in the area of medical type beats since you're the fucking chief medical officer. Who the fuck? What? (laughs) Yep. Come again? (laughs) I know. You stupid fucking bitch. Ooh. So, um... Add her to the list of people we're challenging to a fight. Yes! Gloria Perry, <laughs> Duke's up. Um, trigger warning for rape at this point. Um, in a testimony from one of the inmates at East Mississippi, he detailed how a female guard had mocked him when, she to- when he told her about being raped. This guard also never reported the rape to her higher-ups. Yeah. And this shit happens, all, you know, that's not a that's not an outlying report. No. This shit happens all the time. No, and it's so sad um cuz I've I've actually looked into this a little bit as well, but like not only do I mean like guards and just people in general not take prison rape seriously, but mm-hmm. like it's become a joke yeah. to like the mo- you know to us in yes. the public like yes. don't drop the soap and shit like that yeah. it's like that's a rape joke and it's kind of fucked it's up it's disgusting yeah. that's disgusting like yeah again there's something sick and wrong in your brain um right which and and this um you know this was a testimony from one of the inmates which goes back to you Taylor talking about where inmates could actually sue for some of the mm-hmm. things wrong going wrong in the prisons so you know, at least, at least, at the very least, thank God for that. So, um, in another testimony from this same prison, an inmate testified that he had been beaten by other prisoners for a solid 14 minutes before any guards intervened. Jesus. Yes. Well, and sorry. uh, No, 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 no. But that's the frustrating thing is it's like, yeah, it's nice that they can sue, but it's like you have to get somebody to actually take what you're saying yeah, seriously before right. you can even pursue that kind of like exactly. route, you know? Exactly, and someone who will like actually fucking advocate for you. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people in prisons who don't you know, get visits from family who mm-hmm. don't have anybody to like reach out to to mm-hmm. give them support, and it's like, if that's your ca- if that's the case, then it's like, you can have the ability to sue, but sure. you're not going to have the resources to pursue it. Exactly, you know? exactly, exactly. Um, an inmate who had been chained at the wrists, waist, and ankles was being escorted back to his cell by two guards when another inmate rushed at him with a knife and a section of pipe. The guards ran away, leaving the chained inmate to be beaten and stabbed for a full three minutes until they finally intervened. Per the inmate's testimony, quote, they laughed and told him not to do it again. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Mm-hmm. This is a rough one. Yeah, it's a rough one. I'm sorry, everyone. 
Um, it's, it's, again, it's good to talk about, it is, but, but it's hard. I understand the cringe. Yes, the... so take care of yourself after this episode, please. Yeah. Um, the treatment for this inmate who had been stabbed and attacked for three full minutes um, at the prison's medical facility was having distilled water poured over the stab wounds and then being discharged. The following three days after this, he was continually bleeding, and on the third day, when the guards saw blood covering a portion of the floor of the cell, he was taken to an actual hospital and treated for four stab wounds and a broken leg. And when released from the hospital and placed back in the prison, he was housed in a cell directly next to his attacker. Wow, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's... Again, I just... I don't see how people can, like not see something like fundamentally Mm -hmm. wrong with the system like even if like you're not gonna say like oh we should abolish prisons or whatever because i get like that's pretty that's like a radical view but it's like even just a a normal like liberal person i've i would hope that even like conservative people would see this and be like yeah like there's something that's wrong with this like right like when you're hearing these stories that are true indisputable fucking facts like that's you can't be okay with that. Like, it doesn't, you know, I don't care what. Ah, all right. So getting into um, how the COVID crisis affected the prison population. Um, so, of course, prisons were absolutely ravaged during the 2020 COVID-19 crisis and are continuing to suffer with it to this day. Um, with inadequate funds for medical services, no PPE dispersed to inmates, And no possibility for quarantining, COVID-19 was spread like wildfire through U.S. prisons. As of August 2020, eight out of the top ten coronavirus hotspots were prisons. Um, And when an Ohio prison was tested in April of 2020, they found out that 80% of the population currently had coronavirus or had contracted it previously. 80%. Yeah. That's almost 100 for all those math heads out there. (laughs) <laughs> probably you number was out there uh well and what's so weird is it's like i guess not weird because i get that it's such a double standard but like mm-hmm. you know the like literally that's like the one place where you could almost certainly have ensured that people were following covid pers- like uh yes. covid uh protocol protocol and like those are the one place that like they didn't happen because it's like i yeah I get, like, you can't necessarily control every single person and tell them what to do, but, like, mm-hmm. in a prison, the way you have it set up, you actually can. Right, right. And, again, it just goes to show that nobody gives a fuck about exactly. prisoners, and it's sad. Like, yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Um, so, many other facilities have also reported extremely high numbers of COVID, um, and even with all that, like the data is not accurate because a large portion of the facilities were not mass testing for coronavirus. Um, numbers reported um, as of June 20th, 2020, said that 1,327 inmates in federal prisons had tested positive for COVID-19. The Federal Bureau of Prisons reported that day that they had administered 18,919 COVID tests and that 3,972 inmates had recovered from coronavirus, that 72 inmates had died from coronavirus. So clearly some institutions were fudging the numbers or just not reporting them at all. Yeah, because I was going to say, because like the amount of reports doesn't match up with how many tests. Exactly. So it's like, Mm -hmm. 
What uh, what happened to all the other fucking tests? Exactly. Like. Exactly. Um, inmates housed in prisons were hit from several angles with this pandemic. A large portion of prisons in the U.S. are overcrowded with a population that outnumbers the amount of beds available in that facility. Um, there was absolutely no chance for them to socially distance or isolate. As we know, hygienic practices are notoriously lacking and the supply of cleaning and sanitizing products is very slim. Um, because the entire world was suffering from this pandemic, outbreaks in prisons were, of course, tended to very last. And the inmates were rarely, if at all, given PPE. And many facilities couldn't even test if they wanted to because of the lack of testing supplies. Um, and on top of all of this, as I've mentioned, prison infirmaries are extremely low quality. They don't have the proper supplies to treat wounds and even like common colds. So they're definitely not prepared to treat a respiratory virus as intense as the coronavirus is um because of this the death toll as of april 16th 2021 over 6661 sorry 661,000 inmates and prison staff had tested positive for coronavirus and roughly 2,990 inmates have died you know and all of this um i'm not even touching on the like ice facilities which that's like a whole other story and a whole other episode um and i'll just briefly briefly mention like a quick story about the ice facilities when the um staff i guess at the ice facilities were criticized for the way that they were handling the pandemic Mm -hmm. as far as like no ppp ppe um and not sanitizing anything it's almost like it's almost seemed like in spite they started over sanitizing things to the point where the people um captured essentially in these ice facilities were getting extremely sick from the amount of overuse of chemicals people were having like skin rashes people were having nosebleeds you know all kinds of crazy shit it was like that's yeah evil I, evil it's super evil and again it kind of just goes back to like this idea of like if you can see this kind of suffering and your response is to either Again, do nothing about it um, or make it worse for people. Like, Mm -hmm. who the fuck are you? Like, what kind of fucking monster? I just, I can't. I just can't deal with it. No, I know. I know. So, um, the New York Times... Let me try. (laughs) The New York Times reported on April 10th, 2021, quote, Over the past year, more than 1,400 new inmate infections and seven deaths on average have been reported inside those facilities each day. That's the ICE facilities? No, no in the prisons. prisons. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, as we know, the health of the population inside prisons is already very poor. Factors like extremely low-quality food, close quarters, unsanitary bathrooms, low-quality medical staff, and ailments frequently going untreated. Um, this position inmates at a much higher risk of dying from coronavirus as well as the age of inmates is unbalanced um, with an older population outweighing the younger population in prisons, which, Mm -hmm. as we're all very aware, the older population was at a much greater risk for dying from coronavirus. Um, Last year, there were large groups of people who advocated for the early release of nonviolent inmates due to the massive outbreak of coronavirus in federal prisons, pushing especially for the elderly or immunocompromised inmates to be released. Despite this public outcry, though, the population in prisons actually increased. And, yeah. 
and the number of early releases decreased from the previous years. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it makes sense because, like, again, with, like, poverty comes more incarceration, mm-hmm. and last year was a rough one yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, the poverty level yeah. increased. So it's like, I guess I understand the increase in the incarceration, but it's like... I can think of I can't think of anybody that was like yeah keep everybody like most people were like yeah just let the elderly and the immunocompromised yeah out because like we're literally in like a state emergency right now straight like, up and the fact that they didn't again just kind of shows that shows. they just don't care and mm-hmm. uh, they just want to make money yes they that they just want to make money and they don't view these people as actually like human lives um. So, in 2020, less inmates were granted parole than they were in 2019. Yeah, it's bleak. So, with overcrowding, with no releases being granted, people in prison were, and still are, at a much higher risk of contracting and dying of coronavirus. Um, Much of the spread in coronavirus, sorry, much of the spread of coronavirus in prisons was actually due to the guards, Um, who would return home to their communities when their shift was over, contract the virus, and bring it back to the prisons. These same guards would visit all different areas of the prisons, spreading the virus throughout the entire facility. And then, of course, these people can't quarantine. These people are together in extremely close quarters. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the virus is going to spread crazy. Um, By June of 2020, we did start seeing some early paroles and furloughs of inmates, which cut the prison population by about giant number of 818 wow yeah which it's like what is our there's like a it's like 60 percent or something of our population in the united states is in prisons don't quote me on that number but it's like it's like a wildly yeah, huge number I, I i know it's we have the biggest prison Hugest. population in the entire world mm-hmm. for sure and we yeah. don't and we make up like a very relatively small portion of the world's exactly, population yeah. so it's like yeah. yeah so a whole 818 got Good to stuff uh, Get there. out of there. Um, inmates in prison, of course, are still suffering from coronavirus, and these numbers are going to continue to grow until, until we see significant improvements in the structure of U.S. prisons. And we will not see a reduction in the amount of inmates with mental health disorders, inmates dying under suspicious circumstances, and inmates cycling through the prison system until prisons are abolished entirely. Agreed. I think uh, prisons are bad. And... Prisons are bad, period. We should find more productive ways to live in a society with people. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Cool side note, I guess, just of a thing. Uh, I've I've mentioned this to you before. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but, uh, you know, Rojava, that, like, place in yes. northeastern Syria that yes, had, yes. like, this crazy, like, wasn't even, is, like, this uh, feminist um, kind of, like, anarchist but really just like leftist government set up after they the dictator of Syria like lost control Um, they had this thing where they would only even people that were like former ISIS members only would serve up to like 20 to 30 years in prison because again they were more focused on the rehabilitation of these people and putting them Mm -hmm. back into society and Mm -hmm. I know you know, it's, I've had conversations with people and it can be a weird thought because, you know, again, tensions are high and people get emotional and it's hard sure. because, you know, people do terrible things sometimes, yeah. but I, 
I truly believe that like the if you have a society and you are putting people in prison for even the majority of their lives, you have failed yeah. at trying to like be in a society and like live in um live in uh live in a community with other people because it's like these kind of things happen and these disputes happen and like right. you know it's we need to focus more on that but again as long as there's a profit motive involved exactly exactly it's, it's never gonna be that way yep yep 100 percent. that's, that's that on <laughs> And that's on prisons. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's a sad and difficult reality, and you know, even even in an ideal, amazing society, there are still going to be people that choose to do harmful things. Understandable. The only fucking way that we're ever going to reduce harm against other people as we've seen, this is a, this is real, is through, first off, um, you know, channels to prevent harm mm -hmm. from happening. Secondly, um, advocation for victims of harm and protection of victims. And then thirdly, uh, empathy and accountability and rehabilitating people who have done harm, helping them to understand the level of harm that they've done and why what they've done is harmful, why it's beneficial for them to not do that harm and reintegrate them back into our society once they have mm -hmm. a firm understanding of not perpetuating harm. Because it's, it's right there in front of our fucking eyeballs that what we're doing has done absolute fucking jack shit to reduce the amount of harm going on. And I, I, I would argue it has increased it. I would agree. So, and like wealth redistribution to oh. make uh, people <laughs> not like have to uh, struggle to stay alive and yes. commit again crimes of necessity. As yeah. They call crimes, them. crimes of necessity, crimes of survival. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. That's step one is put people in a position where they don't have to commit quote unquote crimes in order to fucking survive on a daily basis. Yeah. Start there. I just, again, I just, I don't know. I feel like we live, we're civilized people. We are mm -hmm. smart. We <laughs> have gotten to this point. It's like we can, we can create a world where people don't have to rot in a jail cell yes. for the rest of their lives. Like, yes. We can do it. I believe we in can, us. We can, yeah. And that's the thing is like, as jaded as I am about everything, I believe in us. I believe we can do this. If we didn't believe in it, then we wouldn't. We like, wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing it, this. You know? mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> I thought we were all doomed. It's like I would never be the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But woof. That was a heavy one. Yeah. How, sorry, everyone. How you doing? Um, I'm all right. I mean, I'm fired up now, yeah. you know, but I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do what Phoebe said and take care of yourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Take a bath. Yeah. Um, Do go some, for a like, walk. Whatever makes you feel good. Some self-care stuff. Don't watch that YouTube prison 
solitary confinement documentary until you feel like mentally prepared agreed like don't uh, go do that right after you watch yeah. listen to this episode because uh hug your pet that's yeah. a good one give give them a hug um I don't know, what are other nice things to end the, the podcast <laughs> um, on? Have a little glass of tea. I don't know. Glass of wine, Glass of wine. Yeah. Love a good glass of wine. True, true. And um, get involved with the Last Prisoner Project. Yes. Thank you for reminding me about that. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was the organization that we had Riley talking about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it's some dope shit. Um, it is. Helping people of, of nonviolent drug crimes get out of prison and, you know, fight for, I believe it's lower sentences and even getting out mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. Uh, probate, probation and whatnot. Um, yeah. Release for, like, marijuana Yeah, which, again, is, to me, a no-brainer. It's, like, yeah. it's, literally, it's literally legal it's in legal. multiple states. Uh, yep, yep. But, yeah, that's a really good place to um, support. Yeah. Even if you don't have a lot of time you can always donate money if you don't have a lot of money you can donate time you know there's there's always something to be done yes and i think of a good one that i'm gonna like hold myself and i'm saying it on the podcast i'm holding myself to it is uh doing the letter writing program you know as we've been talking about this whole episode these are people and not just the people in solitary confinement that that shit fucking sucks and we should definitely like get some letters written to those people um, which I'm not 100% sure, like, how that all works, but we'll figure it out. Um, yeah. but, you know, people in, in any prison, in any capacity, like, need to know that there is somebody that cares about you. Yeah. Like, that's it. So, yeah, let's all write some letters to people incarcerated. Let us know if you want to hear about those letters. Uh, you yeah. know, we'll keep everything private for the totally. sake of the, you know, the incarcerated folks but um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah if we if we do do that uh tell us if you'd want to hear about how that's going and how to get involved because more letters the better so truly yeah which i know on last prisoner project there is like a mm-hmm. a way that you can um do that i'm sure there are other things as well we'll post about them as we find them but last prisoner project for sure um yeah i guess we want to do pluggables and then yes call it a set uh, call it a pod call, call it a pod call it a cast <laughs> Call it a cast, call it a pod. Yes, let's do it. Um, You can find more information about these letter writing programs as we find out about them on our Instagram, which is at Remarks Podcast. Um, And you can also go follow our TikTok of the same name, at Remarks Podcast. Yeah, and then you can follow the Twitter account, which is at Remarks Pod Mm -hmm. on Twitter. And... um, my youtube channel if you want it's called the lefty agenda it's pretty cool doing a video on focus on the family right now which is oh my gosh an awful (laughs) organization um that did a bunch of uh shitty things to the gays and i'm mad about it so yeah same (laughs) (laughs) so uh keep your eyes filled for that um yeah other than that um i think that's everything yeah oh um we didn't have one for a shout-out game last week. Yeah. Which, if you still want to comment about your pet, we do want to. We genuinely want to know. True. We'll still shout you out if you are uh, yeah. uh, behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. I do love pets. Um, But I would say for this week's shout-out game, as brief as you can, just tell us, like, a funny, like, 
funny like embarrassing story or something like that yeah that's fine just something to kind of heal our hearts a little (laughs) bit after this most embarrassing moment yeah doesn't doesn't have to be too detailed yeah nothing like gnarly but just like like a silly like oh my gosh this like faux pas this funny thing that happened to me true just tell us that so we can kind of have a laugh (laughs) after intensity for an hour or so so anyway thanks for listening you guys and Okay, love, love you. you. Bye. Bye.